Welcome back to Pass Your Life and Health Insurance Exam Podcast. I'm your host here, Biko. I'm very excited to have you. So today we're going to do something different. So we're going to bring you a recording of uh, day one of our Pass Your Life Insurance Exam Challenge. Now, I'm sure some of you have heard, you know, you've probably heard me talk about our challenge. So it's our five-day uh, life insurance pre-licensing uh, challenge. And the purpose of that is to help to prepare you for your exam within five days. Even if you're not 100% prepared, is to get you as close as possible to the finish line. So after that challenge, you should just need a few more days of study and be able to pass your exam. So that is what this uh, that challenge is about. Now, what you're going to be listening to is the first part of the challenge, uh, day one of that challenge, because it's a five-day challenge, Monday to Friday. So what you're listening to is part one of um, day one of that challenge. So part one for day one was just going over test-taking strategies because you can know everything, but if you don't know the uh, strategies to take the test, to prepare for the test, you're going to fail your exam. So that's what uh, part one covers. The good news is two weeks from now, we're going to bring you part two of day one of the training. Um, of the challenge, you're also going to get that. So enjoy. We'll see you. All right. Welcome. Welcome to Minzo Pass. This is our first challenge. Our first challenge is <laughs> the last week of January 2024. And we're doing our first challenge. So, so the whole purpose of the challenge here is to hopefully get you to prepare for your insurance exam within five days. Now, most people take three, four weeks, or some people take more than a month to prepare for their exam. So imagine trying to do something that should take you weeks to do, or sometimes even up to two months to do. Imagine trying to do that within a span of five days. So with the challenge here, uh, it's going to be very rigorous, very intense. <laughs> it's going to feel like a mini boot camp. I'm going to uh, push you out of your comfort zone. But hopefully, when you finish it, you should be ready to take your exam. So, as you guys know, my name is Biko Martin. I'm the host of the most popular life insurance exam um, pre-licensing podcast. In all of America, uh, it's thirty-six thousand downloads and counting. So I'm also, uh, I'm, I'm also uh, a licensed life and health insurance agent. I, I've been in the industry for, I've been in the industry now for almost two decades. Jeez, <laughs> I feel kind of old. <laughs> been in the industry for almost two decades now, and um, I'm the author of several life insurance um, textbooks. And I'm also the lead instructor here at Minzo Pass. So yeah, at Minzo Pass, our goal is to uh, train people and change lives because hopefully once you get your life insurance license, you can be able to change other people's lives, um, give them peace of mind. And in the process also, you can be able to uh, change your life, make more money and all of that. So that is what we do here at Minzo Pass. Yeah, Minzo Pass, we're 100% um, and 
operated by licensed insurance uh, professionals and were, uh, uh, were created by insurance agents for insurance agents. So that's a little uh, bit of background on me. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of love to teach. So sometimes I tend to talk a little bit too much. So if I'm if I'm repeating the same thing, if you got it, just let me know so we can move on. So for this challenge, uh, we had I think about three or four people registered for this challenge. But so far, uh, for this first day of the challenge, I only have one um, um, person here. Her name is Lexi Estrada from South Carolina. So Lexi, I'm gonna give you a few minutes to uh, introduce yourself. Uh, anything you want me to know about you or you want others to know about you and then we can start. Sure, hi. Um, I found this from your podcast. So mm -hmm. definitely a great um, tool there for us to find a way to learn pre-licensing information. I was trying to take over and, and do it myself and it was just, it was way too much work and I just wasn't getting it and your podcast helped so much. Um, so I'm excited for this challenge and to push myself and to hopefully finally <laughs> get to a position where I feel comfortable to take the test. Um, but yes, I live in South Carolina. I am from California originally. Uh, my mom is licensed um, life insurance agent in California, and she loves what she does. She works her own schedule, makes six figures, and she really is pushing me to, to do this as well since I'm trying to find a career that has that flexibility and that income attached to it. So we're finally, we're finally doing it. I've been putting it off for a long time and looking at other work, and it's just nothing has been fulfilling, and I want to find something that's fulfilling, and I know I just need to challenge myself. So I'm excited. All right. That is good. I'm excited uh, for you. I just gave a quick background. So as I said, you know, you're not just getting someone to come and teach you some, you know, teach you some theory. Um, I'm a full-time insurance agent, right? So when I'm not uh, teaching, I'm in a few and, um, and I'm trying to help clients. But the insurance industry is a great industry and you just you just touch on that you know it's the most stable industry uh think about all the banks that went bankrupt even during the great depression uh there were a lot of companies businesses that went out of business but insurance companies were the only ones that were not affected even with 2009 with the recession insurance companies were one of the few industries that were uh that was not affected so the insurance industry is good what I like about it, it gives you that WFA lifestyle, work from anywhere lifestyle, and you make good money and you help uh, people. So I love it. Um, and my goal is to help as many people as possible to get into the insurance industry because there's huge need for insurance agents now. Um, there are a lot of insurance agents in the late 50s, 60s, you know, the boomer generation, a lot of them are retiring. You know, hundreds of thousands of them are retiring every single year. And then the population is also increasing, right? So we got a lot of agents retiring and also the population is increasing. So what that means for you is it's a great opportunity over the next um, 10 years, there'll be a great need for insurance uh, agents uh, 
all across America. So now it's a great time to get into the industry. And I'll tell you, uh, over the next five, 10 years, there'll be a massive transfer of wealth. So people think that when you're an insurance agent, you just sell life insurance. And I say, that is not true. You can also do 401k uh, rollovers. You can do so many things. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, um, Lexi. And your mom is one smart woman. Right. you into this all right so let's just get started because if i start to talk about insurance how i love insurance why i love insurance we could be here for the next one hour and that is not why you're here you're here to pass your exam so <laughs> uh let's get started so here's the outline for the next five days so we're going to come it's going to be two hours of training every single day uh Today is the first day, so, uh, you know, we have to do some housekeeping items. So, yeah, we, we're kind of starting late, but tomorrow we're going to start, we're going to hit the ground running. So, yes, what we do. First thing is we have a diagnostic exam. So, you take the diagnostic exam, which you've already done. Uh, you know, I review it, see your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, then we start from there. First thing I want to say is that according to the National Association of Insurance uh, Commissioners, the, the average pass rate uh, across the, the country for the insurance exam is 37%, 37%. So that means 63% of people fail. So what are those, uh, uh, no, what is the uh, majority doing wrong? So let me, Let's just go over some things, you know, because I know when people come and they say, oh, you know what, you should just show me, you know, you know I want you to teach me, uh, you know, let's go over the insurance topics right away. But before we can even uh, start covering the content, I want to go over some strategies, right? Because you can know the material, but if you don't follow these strategies, your chances of, of passing will be very slim because 63% of people fail, on average, 63% of people fail the life insurance exam. And there's a reason why people fail. So with our strategy here, we have a very high pass rate. I think for our self-study course, our pass rate is 82%, which is almost three times the industry average. And for our live training, our pass rate is 98%. So 98% of people who do our life training pass because we don't just focus on training you, um, you know, with, with practice questions, but we we'll go through with concepts and everything and some strategies. So let's just go over some strategies here first. These are helpful study tips. So what I recommend for you, Lexi, to start off with is schedule your exam before you, uh, you start studying. So have you scheduled your exam so far, Lexi? Like, like I I don't have one right now. Um, but I know how to. I've looked into it and I've seen what test states. I know they even allow in my state at least they allow you to test virtually. Um, so they have a lot of openings available. Okay, all right. Um, that's good. So what what we recommend here at Menzo Pass is number one, set an exam date. You want to schedule your exam. And it may seem a little um, crazy. It won't make sense to some of you know, why should I 
schedule my exam, uh, you know, when I'm not even ready, you know, to, you know, to take the exam, right? It doesn't make sense. But the, the reason we say that is human beings, by nature, we like to procrastinate, right? That is the major problem. But when you put your money on the line, whether it's $75 or $50 or whatever the exam fee is, when you put that money on the line, that forces you, you know, to take action. Because if you don't do that, some people say, oh, I'm going to take my exam next month. Next month comes, I'm going to take my exam next month. And you look, it's been three months, six months, and you still you know, have not prepared for exam. So to beat procrastination, the first um, study tip, the, the first strategy uh, tip that will help you is set an exam date. Now, your exam date should not be more than um, uh, three weeks um, in advance. So if, if today is the first, your exam date should be within uh, a 21-day period. And the reason we say that is when you, if you schedule your exam more than 21 days ahead, you know, then life comes up, right? Something may come up that will uh, ruin your plans. You know, because there are a lot of times uh, that you cannot uh, predict what will happen. So schedule your exam within uh, 21 days. Uh, between seven days, it should be no earlier than seven days, but no later than 21 days. Pay that money, have a firm um, exam date, and that will put some fire behind you to actually start studying. The next thing we have, the next uh, recommendation we have is to commit to a fixed study schedule. So Lexi, do you have a fixed study schedule right now? Um, well, for the boot camp, definitely getting, you know, started studying with this for the two hours. Um, and then, I mean, I have a pretty open schedule right now since I'm in between jobs and I'm hoping to just be able to jump into this right away. Um, so I don't have a fixed, fixed schedule, but I, I mean, my whole day is pretty free. So I just have to force myself to take the time and, and to sit there and go to library and go somewhere that's not in my house where I find every excuse to do something else. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, that's good. So this is the uh, second tip. So we, we recommend that you have a fixed study schedule. You know, like the same way people have a fixed uh, work schedule, right? You know that, okay, it can be, it can be snowing out there, it can be uh, 10 inches of snow, but hey, <laughs> I have to work. My schedule is nine to five. So whether you feel like it or not, <laughs> you're going to drag yourself out of the house and you're going to go to work, right? So yes. when it comes to studying, you should have that same mindset. Just think about it as a job where there is no excuse unless, of course, you're seriously sick or something comes up. But think about it like, oh, my God. Now, if it's whatever time, again, you um, pick a time, you know, that works for you, we usually recommend at least uh, two hours a day, right? Minimum two hours a day. But you can pick any time if mornings work better for you or evenings, nights, whatever. But pick a study time and let all your friends and family know that, hey, um, guys, for the next whatever uh, length of time you'll be studying, for the next one week or next two weeks or next three weeks, I'm going to be unavailable from 6 p.m., to 9 p.m. So I'm sorry if you want us to hang out. If you're calling me, I'm not going to return your call. My, my, my phone will be off, but just block out that time on your mm -hmm. calendar 
If you have distractions at home, maybe you can go to a Starbucks or you can go to the library, but just set a time. Um, it can be two times a week, three times a week, but at least two hours. Set a time. It should be consistent and that will help you to pass the exam. Now, yes. mm -hmm. uh, you have any questions on that so far? No, I think that's all very important information for sure. And I, I'll make a confession. I have been postponing this studying and pushing myself, I swear, probably for a year now. Uh, you see? It's been a year. I just have been like, oh, yeah, I start studying. I did all the coursework and hours required, and I got that certificate. And mm -hmm. then I just didn't focus on it. I got mm -hmm. that done and got that out of the way, and then I moved on and stopped, stopped focusing on it. And I never – I forgot all the information that I learned. So – I agree. It's important to just book that test date as soon as possible. So it puts some fire underneath you. Exactly. And, and that brings uh, us to the third point here. Get an accountability partner. What does that mean? That means, you know, just get someone who can hold you accountable. Like, hey, Lexi, uh, uh, you know, your study schedule is six to nine. And hey, no, it's no, no I, I see it's 6 30. You're still watching Netflix or whatever. Hey, turn right. the TV, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah. So you need to so you need to have an accountability partner, someone that will hold you accountable, right? That you no, know, you have someone there that can remind you. It can be a friend, it can be a family member, you know. If you can't find one, it, you know, yeah, you know, uh, in our online community, you can be able to find someone. Again, you can communicate, uh, you can connect with other people, and you can be able to find someone. Like maybe you're, you're in South Carolina, maybe one of the uh, members uh, in the community is from South Carolina. Maybe they live in your area or, or in your city. You can even get someone. You, you guys can set up, you know, like a group, like a meeting time. You go to Starbucks or the library, you meet, but get someone that will hold you accountable. Uh, number four on the list here is follow active study strategies. Uh, a lot of people may say, but what is active study? You know, you have two ways to study. You can either study passively or you could study active. Passive study is where you are just reading. So I'm, I'm online. Um, no, I'm, 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 no, I'm, I'm online and I'm just scrolling, scrolling and I'm reading. No, or if I have a book, I'm just flipping, flipping, flipping. Yes, you're going to learn, but you're going to learn at a slower pace like, because your brain is not activated. Like your brain is in a lazy mode. Yeah. So that uh, is going to take you a longer time to, to really understand learning material. Um, and you, even if you learn it, you probably won't remember it that long, right? Now, we use a different strategy, and that's called active um, learning. What that means is when you're learning, you want to um, make your brain a little uncomfortable. Like I'll give you an example. This is why... You know when you know when human beings have any traumatic major event in life, right? And it can be anything uh, traumatic. 
Human beings tend to remember uh, traumatic events for a very long time. Sometimes it can be for the rest of your life, right? Because what uh, the brain, uh, uh, no, the brain you know, was uh, traumatized. So anytime your brain is, is traumatized, you have, again, I'm going to get a little scientific here. You're going to have your micro uh, neurons, uh, you know, your brain, nerve cells, you know, they, they form lasting um, connections that make you to remember. Now, we take that same approach, and, and there's, there's actually signs, you know, there's signs to, uh, to back this up. So when you take our self-study course, we're going to give you some links. There are some uh, research studies uh, that were done in uh, England uh, years ago that prove this point. You can watch a lot of YouTube videos. There, there are a lot of things online that, that really they've done research and proven that this works. What we do is now when you're studying, you want to make your brain a little bit uncomfortable. What that means is uh, start with questions, right? Start with questions. Even if you don't know anything about that topic, start testing yourself. It's going to make your brain very uncomfortable because uh, uh, you know, your, your brain will have to think a little harder, um, you know, you know, for something that you don't know, right? Mm -hmm. So when you when you feel it, and yes, most of the time, it, of course, if you if you don't know something, you're going to feel it. But it's going to make your brain to be in a very hyper um, state. When you go back and someone comes and explain that, or if you go back and you read that material after you've tested yourself without learning anything, you go back boom it's going to make more sense you're going to learn it faster and it's and it's going to uh, and it's going to stick longer so that's the active learning strategy so when you take our self study courses uh, you know our self study courses you know first we start with questions after you take those questions we do the explanation then after that then you do questions you know, and it's the same thing with our textbooks you know, you're going to start with questions after questions, you read, then you then you go back and do questions. When you do it like that, you're going to learn about two times faster, and you're going to uh, retain uh, that material about uh, three times longer. Any questions on the active study? No, that makes perfect sense. I have definitely been doing passive studying, and it's not working, so I'm ready for the change. <laughs> That's good. So the next thing, the tip number five we recommend is to study in a quiet environment now now you have some folks um, who prefer to have music or um, noise in the background uh, if that's you that is fine right but most people can't concentrate when you have too many distractions you have tv in the background you have kids yelling in the background you have whatever right so yeah. What we recommend is to find a study, not, not, uh, like a quiet environment. It can be a library, it can be Starbucks, it can be in your basement or wherever, um, but find a quiet environment where you can be able to uh, study from, and, and that will help. And we also recommend while you're studying to use Baroque, you not know, to play Baroque 
classical music. What that does, again, this is all backed by research and backed by science. What that does is it, it lowers your um, resting heart rate, and you know, and it also um, um, puts the brain in a hyper focus um, state. And it and it, uh, and it makes you to actually uh, retain materials uh, a lot uh, uh, faster and, and longer, right? So when you use baroque classical music, you actually focus more, and your concentration increases almost seventy percent compared to not using it. So that's something you can type. Go to YouTube baroque b a r o q u e baroque classical music uh tip tip number six here we recommend is to score at least 90 percent on the three simulator exams so if you're doing our self-study course uh we have three simulator exams at the end we have never ever had any student score 90 percent on all those exams and fill the exam not one right all of the students who score at least 90% on those three exams, without any exception, all of them pass. So what we recommend is before you take your exam, uh, you know, go through all those three simulator exams and make sure you score 90%. That will help you to pass. Now, the, the next thing ties into number six. You want to uh, you want to take your exam within 72 hours. Of you passing, um, you know, of you scoring ninety percent on those three simulator exams. Because here's the thing with your brain. This is something new, like the life insurance, all those concepts you learn. Those are not things that you use every single day. So with the way our brain works, if you learn something and you don't use it over time, you know your your brain will gradually start to delete it, right? Delete, mm -hmm. delete, delete, and then you find out. One week later, two weeks later, you know, six months later, you've you've forgotten almost everything you learned. So, so there's a peak and uh, there's a time frame like a window. It's usually seventy-two hours when you're uh, at your peak and you remember almost everything. So, we recommend after you score the ninety percent uh, in those three exams, uh, you can always reschedule your exam, right? but you want to take your exam within a 72 hours period. If you can take it even the next day, that's even better. But after 72 hours, then there's a um, dramatic decline with every passing day, there's a decline in your memory for what you learn. So take your exam within 72 hours. Any questions so far? No, that makes sense. All right. Then tip number eight, yeah, you want to get at least seven hours of sleep a day prior to your exam this by far is the most important tip you may do everything else you may score 90 percent in in the three simulator exams uh you may know all the material all of that that's fine but if you don't get enough sleep and we recommend at least seven if you can get more uh hours of sleep that's better but recommend at least seven what happens you know you know i like to use the example of uh computer if you leave your computer on all day most of the time your computer <laughs> slows down right yeah you know, mm -hmm. you, you know you're going to see you know like the speed 
it's going to be a lot less. No, it's not. It's not going to speed up. It's going to take time to read and stuff like that. So your your brain works the same way. So if you pull an all nighter, maybe you maybe you only get two hours of sleep, or or, or you stay up all night and you don't sleep, no, <laughs> and you go and take the exam. What's going to happen is you're going to experience brain freeze, and and you may know the material, but your brain will have a problem retrieving it, and you're going to end up failing. So we found out that most of the students who fill their you know, exam with us, again, our, our exam prep, without any shadow of doubt, is the best. But most of the students who fail, fail for this particular reason. They, you know, they try to pull an all-nighter to get four hours of sleep or three hours of sleep. And that is why we tell students every time, follow all these strategies. And if you do all these things, you combine that with our teaching and our, um, you know, our exams and practice tests, there is absolutely no reason for you to fill your exam. But seven hours of sleep should be the bare minimum. Don't, don't take your exam on less than seven hours of sleep. You will, your chances of, 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 of passing, even if you know the material will be very slim. Okay. Uh, we'll come here to number nine. Uh, you, on the exam, you want to manage, you want to do um, time management. No, because your exam is timed. On average, across almost all the 50 states, you have about one minute and 20 seconds for each question. So while taking the exam, very important, if it's taking you more than one minute, about 60 seconds or the one minute mark, if you're still on a question and you can't figure it out, guess it, mark it for review and move on. Do not spend more than one minute on any single question because more likely than not, if you're spending more than one minute on a question, most of the time, that's a question that you're going to get wrong anyway. Because if you can't figure out in the first one minute, chances are you're probably not going to figure out even if you spend five minutes or 10 minutes on it. The mistakes students make on the exam, you know, like they come, uh, you know, they come across this one question that just thumps them and they're trying to figure out. And one minute goes by, two minutes, three, four, and they spend five minutes on uh, you know, something that they will get wrong anyway. And then towards the end part of the exam, they have these easy questions come up. And, and, and now you know, they're, they're trying to uh, rush to get all these questions true, you know, to answer all these questions. And now they're spending only, you know, only 20 seconds on each question towards the end. But those are questions that you are going to get right. But because you, you didn't really you know, read it, you are rushing through, you're going to get questions that you are supposed to get right. You're going to get those questions wrong because you are rushing through. So time management is very key. So when you do our simulator exam, we recommend that's a great opportunity to, to practice your time management. Do not spend more than one minute on any single question. If you can't get it after one minute, guess and move on. You can, if you have time, you can come back to it later. And any questions on that? No, yeah, that makes sense too. All right. And last point here is 
during your exam, and this one is very important. I see, you know, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I, I hear people come and tell me, oh my God, I had the right answer and I changed it. Most of the time, if you're guessing, your first guess is most of the time the right answer. Mm -hmm. Do not go back to change an answer unless you are 100% positive that that was the wrong answer. I know. I always do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so if you can do, if you implement all these ten strategies, and you combine it with our training, whether it's our life, um, you know, um, training or it's our self study, but if you implement all these and you go through all of our training and take all of our um, exams, you will pass your exam guarantee. So that concludes it here for our test taking strategies. I'll stop here if you have any questions or comments, and then we're gonna to move to the next part of our training, of our challenge. Yeah, no questions for me. I think that's all extremely beneficial information. Okay. I'm going to implement. All right. It's boot camp. So, <laughs> I, so I hope you were, you were taking notes? Yeah, I did, yes. Notes, okay. So next thing here, uh, one of the other things we recommend, even though it's not it's not part of the 10, but all of our, our courses are, are structured according to your, um, to your state exam outline. So there will be nothing on your exam. If it's not on your exam outline, it will not be in your exam twenty material so one thing uh, you know you no know, if you no know, you no know, if you will use our um, um our courses whether it's a textbook or our self-study or everything we go by the exam outline but just in case you're not using our self-study course and you're using something else maybe excel solution or exam fx whatever what we recommend is to use your state exam outline. Make sure that you know everything on your state exam outline. So let me put up, uh, Lexi, you're from South Carolina. So yes. let's put up the, you know, the South Carolina exam outline. And, and you can find all of this online, free of charge. It's online. Just type in whatever you're stating, uh, your state is. If it's um, South Carolina, you just type in Google South Carolina life insurance exam outline. If it's California, California Life Insurance Exam Allah, and and everything is out there. So they've already told you every single thing that will be on your exam. So so to make it easy, just go line by line and make sure that you understand every single topic on your exam outline. If you do, you should pass your exam, right? So so let me share with you what's on your South Carolina exam outline here, so you can see. And I, I actually found it and printed it out because you've mentioned that on another podcast before. Oh, oh. So I have yeah. it in front oh, of me. Okay. <laughs> it's 33 pages. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's 23 pages, but um, let me show. Yeah, it's 23 pages, but you don't have to know all 23 pages. So let me show you here. Um, well, you can see right here. You can see my screen, right? 
Yes, that's one I have. Mm -hmm. So, so the one again, this is just for the life insurance exam. You know, some you know you have some of them will be the life and health, but this is just for the life insurance exam. So mm -hmm. it, it, it will it will tell you the effective date. So this is the most recent um, exam outline, right? It's May of last year. Most most states update their exam outline at least once a year. You know, some states do it twice a year. I know Washington D.C. I know Texas. You no, know, those states. You no, know, there are some other states. I think there are about fifteen states that update their exam outline um, every six months. Uh, so, but yeah, you can see when is the effective date. So this is May of last year. So it tells you this is the most recent. So yeah, uh, it even tells you the number of questions that will be on your exam. So for the general uh, portion of your exam, you're gonna have fifty questions, and then you have uh, fifty questions that will be scored. And you have five pre-test questions. So let me talk about these pre-test questions. And, and this brings me back to the point I made earlier with our um, with our test taking strategies. Some of those questions that you're getting um, hung up on, like you can't figure is maybe you're spending two, three, five minutes on. Some of those questions may not even count after all because those are pre-test questions right so mm -hmm. they won't count uh they won't count um towards your score you know they they just they just put those questions there you know to get a feel for how students answer that so you know, you know put these pre-test questions there and let's say if if you know if let's say uh let's say about 40 percent get that question wrong then you'll say oh man this is too difficult so uh you know we won't include it on the exam but let's say between 55 to 70 percent of people uh uh get it right then on the next um you no know, exam no, no, it's going to be included. So some of those questions that you see that are very difficult, those are pre-test questions. So this even uh, comes back to the point that if it, the question is very difficult, if you can't figure it out after one minute, and if you study very well and you still can't figure out after one minute, chances are it's a pre-test questions. It won't count towards your score. So it's a waste of time trying to spend more than one minute to answer it, move on. So this tells you right here, you have 50 score questions and, and then five uh, pre-test questions. So for the general, you have 55 questions. Now let's fast forward here to the state um, exam content. So it tells you here for the state exam content, you have a total of um, uh, 25 score questions plus five pre-test questions. So when you add it up, you'll be 30, uh, 25 plus five is 30, and 30 plus 55, is 85. So on your South Carolina exam, you can expect to have um, 85 questions, but 10 of those questions will be pre-test questions. Uh, any questions so far? And that's just for life insurance, right? You and I know you recommend to separate life and health. Exactly. Okay. Man, you are a very good student. <laughs> uh -huh. I've been listening to you religiously for the last almost, I guess, a month, honestly. A month? Okay, that, that's good. All right. So, so we have that out of the way. So now, 
what we are going to do is you see here your exam outline. So you no, know, it is divided into let's say six chapters. Uh, chapter one is uh, types of insurance policies. So you have different types. You have variable. Uh, you have universal. You have you no. Know, you have term insurance. You have annuities. You have permanent insurance. You have different types. So 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 that's what chapter one is. Just the types of policies. Then chapter two is the policy riders, you know, the options and all of that. Usually, uh, most students don't really have a problem with chapter one that much, but most students have a problem with policy riders and options. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, that, so is true. Huh? that is very true for me. Yeah. So that's chapter two. Then we come here to chapter three. So this is everything that goes on when a client is filling out an application during the underwriting process. And after that, you are delivering the policy to the client. What are the things you are supposed to do? What are the laws and all of that? So that's that's chapter three. And then we come here to chapter four. So, so chapter four is all about retirement and, you know, you know, and, and other insurance concepts. So chapter four also tends to be very difficult, but the good news is unlike chapter two, um, usually chapter four, you won't have that many questions coming out of chapter four. Like, and, and they're even going to tell you, uh, you know, for each chapter, they're going to tell you the number of questions. So you can see here for types of policies, they tell you there'll be 15 questions, right? And then for, for, um, the policy writers, it tells you there'll be 15 questions. And for chapter three, 12 questions. The good news for chapter four, even though I, I, I think chapter four is the most difficult uh, from my experience. Um, anything that has to do with taxes, because uh, chapter four will deal with taxes, retirement, and all of that stuff. Usually anything that has to do with taxes tend to be very complicated, retirement. So, so most people, from my experience, most people will score the lowest on chapter four. But the good news is that chapter four uh, uh, usually makes up less than... 10% of the exam. Uh, for some states, it's even as low as just 3%. So uh, it's good to understand chapter four, but if you can't get it, as long as you understand all the other um, chapters very well, uh, you can still bomb chapter four um, and still pass the exam. So that's the good news. And then we'll, we'll come yet to the law portion. Uh, so this one will just be the South Carolina laws about um, all things insurance, um, you no, know, and then chapter six will be. You know, chapter six is usually uh, the last chapter is usually the shortest, and this one will just be seven questions. So that's the exam outline. So what we are going to do, usually for the challenge, we don't go into state law, right? For the challenge, we just focus yeah. on the general portion. So we'll, for the challenge, we'll be doing chapter one to chapter four. Okay. Uh, any questions so far? No, sounds good. All right. So if you want, um, do you want to take a little break or do you want us uh, to continue? Um, I'm fine to continue, but it's up to you. Okay. No, you need a minute? No, no, it's fine with me. All right. Okay. Let's, let's move on. Uh, I hope you have your pen and paper. I so, do. All right, perfect. So what we'll do is now we'll just go to your exam outline.
and we got roughly uh, about 40 more minutes to go. Okay. So, so we'll go to your exam outline and you know, and I'll just uh, explain those, those topics to you. Now, what we do, as I said, our active learning strategy is you, is you uh, do some practice questions. Let's say if we're talking about types of policies. So we're going to give you, uh, you know, some questions ahead of time. Maybe, you know, it may be a 50 question test, you know, 75 question test. We're going to give it to you before class starts. So you're going to take the test. You know, of course, uh, you know, you'll, you'll probably get, you know, some wrong or maybe um, a lot of them wrong. But now you come with all your questions, a lot of things that don't make um that didn't make sense to you when you took the exam now when i'm explaining that it will make more sense to you then you go back and we take that exam and then boom it's going to stick like a glue so so that is what we're going to do um you are not able to do it uh you know but we'll you know i'm going to give you assignment so let's say if we're doing chapter two tomorrow i'll assign chapter two questions and please, when you're doing these questions, Lexi, and this for everybody else, please do not cheat yourself, right? You're not cheating me. You're not cheating me so pass. This is meant to help you prepare uh, for your exam and pass your exam. So please do not look at any exam content. Do not try to get help from online, you want to look up you know, a question, no, just answer it without looking at anything, do the best, because based on that, you know, if I see you do very well, then I'm going to skip a lot of things. If I see you score very poorly, um, you know, then I'm going to spend a lot, a lot of time. So help me help you by being honest with yourself. Yeah, of course. I think that's so important. All right. So let's move on. All right. All right. I know that was great. Woo! That was awesome. That was awesome. So that was just part one of our um, challenge. That was day one. So I, that was on Monday. That was day one of our Pass Your Life Insurance Exam Challenge. It's a five-day challenge. So how did you like that? I mean, these are strategies. I'm assuming you didn't know some of them, but these are strategies that can help you. So that was awesome. Hey, we would like to know how you feel about this. Okay, like what are you know, what are your thoughts? Do you like what you're learning? Do you have questions? We highly recommend that you please, uh, you know, we highly recommend that you please put uh, those questions in, um, you know, in the comment section. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, you can leave a comment. If you're on the podcast, you can also comment on the podcast, or you can write a review. But uh, it's great. It's great. I'm very excited. Uh, the next challenge we're going to have will be in February. So if you're interested, sign up for it. We have the link uh, to that description here. Just a few housekeeping tips. Again, if you want to be a, a part of our challenge, it's five days and it's going to help prepare you for your exam. You can register for it. You have a five day free trial. If you don't like it, you can cancel. Check out our YouTube channel if you're um, listening to this on podcast. We have all of these uh, things I'm talking about. We have everything in the description. Third, 
uh, we have a webinar every week uh, on Thursdays at 11 a.m. So if you want to be a part of that webinar, you come and learn. It's going to be live training, whether you're a new agent or whether you're, um, you know, you want to pass your life insurance exam. You come there. It's going to be about one hour, but it's going to be something that will help you. So we have a lot of great things, you know, that are going on here. We highly recommend just click all these links, you know, click all these links here. You can go to our website if you want to subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, over there, we will send a lot of promotional stuff, discounts, um, a lot of good things that are going on. You will be the first to know. So again, click all the links uh, below and it's, you know, they should be able to help you to pass your exam. And what else here? Let me just make sure I have everything. Yeah. And of course, if you want to contact us, our number is 202-703-3668. Again, 202-703-3668. And if you want to email us, you can email us as menzopass at menzopass.com. We have everything here in the description. If you also want to be a paid affiliate, that means you want to get, you know, paid for referring uh, people to us, then you can also sign up for our affiliate program. We have those links in the description. All right. So that was great. I hope you uh, enjoyed this. We'll see you part two of day one of that training will air in about two weeks. So follow us if you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube. You want to subscribe, hit that bell notification so that once we publish that episode, you will be notified. All right. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next.